My mother's people were all coal miners. My father's people were all steel workers. They all worked in the mills. I don't believe in miracles. I believe in Pittsburgh. We play for city and country. The city is Pittsburgh. And this is Steelers country. All right, this is Steeler country. I'm your host, Tony. Week four in the books, the Pittsburgh Steelers defeat the Baltimore Ravens 23-9. Their first win in Baltimore since, I believe, 2002 when Charlie Batch was the starting quarterback. I gotta say, so happy to be wrong. Uh, I know last week's podcast it was probably a little hot takey. Uh, listen, listening back to it, um, the in fairness to me, I was a little angry recording it because I'd already recorded the podcast, and then technical difficulties, I had to re-record, so I got a little more angry, and then maybe a little more hot takey. But um, no, I think I think my prediction standed. You know, you know, I, I I thought the steel, I thought the Ravens would have more urgency. In this game, this was their kind of redemption Sunday. If you remember a year ago, Mike Tomlin saying, you know, the Chiefs game is redemption Sunday after the ass kicking that we got against Philadelphia. You know, this was very much redemption Sunday for Baltimore after getting their ass kicked by Jacksonville. And of course, they get to do it against against a, a Pittsburgh Steelers team that didn't look very good against Chicago Bears. And I thought I really thought the reason why I thought it would be such a, a lopsided Ravens victory is because I thought the Ravens would exploit the Steelers much like they do every year. Right, especially their offense and our defense. If there's two teams in the National Football League that kind of have the Steelers number or have had the Steelers number over the past couple of years, it's, you know, of course, number one is Tom Brady and the Patriots, but right there behind them, right, is Joe Flacco and the Baltimore Ravens. They just give us problems every year. And, and, and largely, you know, you can kind of judge a Steeler team and how good it is, and, and especially a Steeler defense and how good it is in, you know, their ability to shut down Joe Flacco because. You know, no matter how bad the Ravens are in a given year or how bad Joe Flacco is playing week to week, you can always count on that when it's, you know, when it's Steelers-Ravens, he turns it on and he looks like, you know, Joe Montana out there. Um, And so it was very refreshing in this game to see the defense play well and not allow that to happen. And really, you have to give both sides of the ball credit, right? Because not only did defensively did we play well, we got pressure on the quarterback. We went back to doing, you know, what worked in weeks one and two, which was, you know, dominant defensive line, getting a good pass rush, still haven't been tested in the secondary, and I, you know that will come as as we start playing better co- quarterbacks and better offenses. And then, you know, offensively, they got my letters. Uh, everything, you know, I, I've been saying for the past couple weeks, right, that this offense just is trying to do too much, right? It, you know, it, it it aspires to be this thirty point offense, but it doesn't just aspire to be that, right? It is like going out there trying to score thirty rather than doing what made them successful. And, you know, as I said a week ago and two weeks ago, right, this offense is much better when it when everything flows through Le'Veon Bell, right? Let Le'Veon Bell kind of dictate the pace of your offense. You, you can be a good ground-and-pound team. Don't You don't have to make a play on every play, right? You go back to what worked in 2016, run the ball, run it through Le'Veon, and then things will just kind of open themselves up through there. And, and, and as I've said, you know, this team can score 30 a game, but just by getting the ball in their playmakers' hands and letting them make the plays rather than trying to go downfield every play or, or trying to make something out of nothing. I think what's fun, you know, what's, what's funny coming out of this game, though, is, is 
if you read Steeler Media, if you if you start to take the temperature of Steeler Nation as a whole, I still think there's a there's just a general uneasiness about this team, right? If you if you ask a Steeler fan, are the Steelers a good football team? You kind of get like, eh, eh, maybe. Yeah, I mean, I guess. We're three and one. That's good, right? But it's there's no – we came into this season thinking we were Super Bowl bound, right? And right now, we there's a kind of feeling is just like, eh, yeah, I mean, you know, we're okay, I guess. You know, you just don't know how to feel about this team. And I think it's because, you know, we're watching the bizarro Steelers out there, right? This is This is not what we expected at all. I asked all of my Steelers family and friends, uh, like a, a poll question, essentially, do we have a good defense, right? Do, right now, through four weeks, do we have a good defense? And I gave them the options of, it's a, yes, we have a good defense, it's just okay, or it's maybe good, maybe just okay, right? Kind of equivocating between the two. No one answered good. No one in the poll answered good. It was a mix between maybe good and just okay. Now, if you look at this defense statistically, it's second in yards against, it's second in passing yards against, it's second in points against, second in total sacks, fourth in takeaways. But I think this is the classic, like, stats don't matter, right? Because if you watch the team, yes, they are doing well, right? But, of course, there's all these caveats that can continue to get thrown out there. Well, and the first, the first obvious one is, well, we haven't really played anybody, which is true. Right? We, haven't, we have not faced the who's who of great offenses. Right, Case Keenum is not going to test the secondary, nor is Deshaun Kaiser, nor is Mike Glennon. Right? But Joe Flacco, maybe. And, and I think this is why, coming out of this game, I think we should feel probably a little better about this defense than we do right now, and a little better about this team, is because going into Baltimore has been, even when this team was, was great, it was still a problem for this team. It was last year, it was a you know, year before. It's been, it's been that way for five years. I think, you know, this is just not the team we expected. We expected a great offense and a, you know, an average to below average defense that maybe would get better. And I think what we've gotten so far is a maybe good defense, but a very below average offense, right? It's like when you go to a movie and the trailer was just totally different than what the movie is, right? That's not necessarily a bad thing, but it's just not what you expected. And so you just kind of go, ah, was it a good movie? Was it a bad movie? I don't know. It just wasn't what I expected. I think that's where we are right now, quarter of the way through the, through the season. And the other thing I think we need to talk about coming out of this game is, you know, we have to talk about Ben, right? And I want to preface what I'm about to say with, I'm not saying Ben Roethlisberger is a bad quarterback. And I'm not saying he should retire. I'm not saying any of those things. But the end is coming for Ben Roethlisberger. And that's not me saying that. That's Ben Roethlisberger saying that before the season. Right? We know the end of Ben Roethlisberger is near. The end of his career is near. And I think, you know, the question is like, what if what if what we're watching through a quarter of the season, what if this is just Ben Roethlisberger now? Like, what if this is Ben Roethlisberger? What if it's not like, well, we keep making these excuses for Ben. We keep saying, well, look, he's not on the same page with Martavis yet. Not on the same page with Juju yet, right? Le'Veon had to sit out. The offensive line isn't playing as well, right? Let's let... Let's let it all get into rhythm, right? And we just keep finding reasons for, ah, okay, the offense will be fine. Just give it time. Just give it time. But what if, what if this has been now? And what if it's not just that this has been now? What if, this, what if we've been seeing this for a little while now, right? If you take what's happened this year, right, with, with Ben just you know, not looking bad, not, by no means looking bad, but just not looking like Ben, and you go back to 2016, Right? And let's look at some games 2016 during the winning streak. Right? Let's go to the end of that winning streak, the, the Bills game. Right? That's a game in the snow, road game, need to win it. 
Le'Veon has not just his greatest performance, but the greatest rushing performance by a, a Pittsburgh Steeler ever. And behind that, Ben Roethlisberger throws three really weird, what the hell are you thinking, interceptions, right? On a game in which we needed to win and Le'Veon's playing so well and Ben doesn't need to do too much, and yet he still throws those three interceptions. And you go back to the first half or really the first three quarters of the Baltimore Ravens game, right? The, the home game on Christmas Day, division on the line, winner is going to win that division. And Ben throws two really bad interceptions in that game, right? Yes, he comes back and later in that game and, and makes up for it by, you know, by having a miracle, two miracle drives to go back and win that game. And then you, but, but then you go to the playoff game against Kansas City where you know, the defense moved the ball, certainly moved the ball with consistency, but they just couldn't punch it in, right? They just couldn't punch it in and score a touchdown. And of course, we end that game scoring only six field goals, right? We're, we're 25% of the way through this year. So sure, I mean, it could change. And Ben Roethlisberger could go back to being the Ben we thought we knew, right? And if you go back to 2016, you look at those games, right? I've picked out some games there, and I know what you're all thinking. Well, what about what about the Dolphins game? He played pretty well against the Patriots. What about this? Yeah, of course, yes. And, and he, he played well in, this, in the Ravens game, right? But again, the consistency level, the Ben Roethlisberger as a top five quarterback, the Ben Roethlisberger that we've known and loved for the past, you know, 13 years, right? What if we're just going to see a diminished, a slightly diminished version of that, right? Because I'm not saying he's been terrible. There's been no big turnovers, right? But he's just off. You can just see Ben Roethlisberger out there. He doesn't look like Ben. And I think this is kind of how that happens at the end, right? It doesn't fall off a cliff. It's not like all of a sudden he goes to being a terrible quarterback. It just gets a little worse. Not by a lot, but it's just not the same guy. And so, again, I'm not saying he can't play well. He can. But I don't think we're going to, you know, we, we aspire to be this team that we were three years ago when we were scoring six touchdowns a game against, against the Colts and the Ravens, right? The, the problem is that was 2014, and it's 2017. I'm not saying it's over for Ben, but I think if we're looking for what does it, what does the end of Ben Roethlisberger look like? We, you know, what does that? I think this is what it looks like. So, all right, let's bring on Mike and Joe. They haven't been on the podcast yet, so we are a quarter of the way through. It's a, it's a good time to get their take on the season. Mike, uh, well, I know you're going to want to respond to to what I just said about Ben Roethlisberger. So I guess we should start there. First of all, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing good. Steelers are three and one, but obviously, just like you said, we hope they were playing a little bit better than they are. But it's—I mean, I was going to say it's hard to complain about three and one, but we're going to complain. So yeah, I think it's good to be bit, here. Yeah, there's a little complaining to do. Joe, how are you tonight? Well, thank you for having me back, Tone. Uh, well, it's good to good to be enjoying football on another Steeler season. Hard to believe it's already—we're already a quarter of the way through the regular season. It seems like we just started. We were just together not that long ago talking about the season before it even started yeah and now we are 25 percent of the way through this thing we're three and one remember we talked about on the season preview podcast that uh you know we had hoped that this team coming out going into the bye week right that those first eight games were kind of felt like seven and one ish maybe eight no if we if we you know if we were as good as we thought we were right we're certainly let's just start here we're certainly not who we thought we were right if you go back and listen to that podcast of what we thought was going to be great and what we thought was going to be bad, it's like laughably off, right? Laughably off. But, Mike, just give me a general sense of, of, of where your head's at with this team right now. Are, are we, like, I'll just ask you the question. Are we a good football team? I think we can be a good football team. Right now, I mean, if we played one of the better teams in the league just from what we've seen in the first four weeks, I think we'd be competitive, but we probably wouldn't win. But I think this team, it's it's going to take some time. 
And uh, this kind of goes to what you were saying about Ben. I just think the offense is not in sync. And even with the coaching and the game, the, the game planning, obviously they put an emphasis on, on running Le'Veon Bell and getting him more involved in the last game. And just like you said, it may take that. So I think that the team's going to continue to improve, or at least I hope they do. And the defense has some new players. I mean, Lawrence Timmons isn't there. You got guys like Mike Hilton and and J.J. Wilcox. That That's the name, right? Yeah. Yes. So, I mean, these are new guys that everyone's – and um, even Joe Hayden. They're, yeah. it, it's, it's new. It's different. It's going to take some time. And, and the other thing is this team, these teams in the league, they don't really play preseason games. I mean – our Pittsburgh Steelers played maybe a half a real preseason game. So, yeah. I I mean, it, it, right now they're not a good team, but they, you don't have to be a good team right now. You have to be a good team down the stretch. Joe, what do you, you think? Just have to, you just have to have the record to get yeah. into the playoffs. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, go ahead, Joe. So I agree with what Mike just said about uh, the preseason. You know, I think we've been watching warm-up games. So that kind of that kind of goes to the Steelers Steelers favor. Um, for me, it's a it's a it's a tale of two sides of a coin. Uh, the defense just ha- is is young and and I I, I want to be careful to say you know it's, it, the defense needs talent. I think it lacks talent. Um, that's not that's not to insult, but it's just to say hey, you know there's there, there's talent there, but it's young talent. Uh, and then there's there's some positions I think that just lack in talent uh, on the defense. So that's the defense side. The offensive side is a is a is a much less flattering story, um, and I've got to be harsh about it. And maybe and so maybe the excuses you know what Mike said these guys didn't didn't play preseason, um, but the offense is sloppy. It's undisciplined. Um, it is. We were talking about this before the podcast started. Um, I think without me looking it up, I can safely say the offense is the most penalized offense in the league, and I don't think it's close. Um, and, and I feel I feel pretty confident in that. Um, that's discipline. That's um, you know that that's that's being ready to play. That's being sharp. It's having your head in the game. Um, that's that maybe that's a that's a that's a product of an offense that's reading too much of its own press. You know. Listening to listening to podcasts like ours, or or you know news articles saying this is this is the highest flying offense since the greatest show on turf. Well, you know what? If the greatest show on turf was played like this, no one would be talking about it today. Um, the the offense is is a is a huge disappointment. It is it is it is a hot air balloon that has that has fallen flat on the ground. Um, and I think part of Ben's problem, though, is harken back to your your opening monologue. Uh, part of Ben's problem is, you know, he's back to. You know, I was checking the sidelines to see if Bruce Arians had had stolen uh, Todd Haley's clipboard because Ben's Ben's thrown for the bleachers every chance he gets. It does, uh, yeah, least, it does. It does feel that way. Um, and he's off. He's off. He's overthrowing guys. As far as interceptions, I'm going to defend Ben here, and I'm going to tell you, no, no one. No one believes me when I say this, but I, I don't know that there's another Steelers fan that waited and anticipated Ben Roethlisberger showing up at the Steelers more than than, than I did. Um, and, and I don't mean Ben Roethlisberger in particular. I mean the idea of Ben Roethlisberger, another general who could who could 
who could um, run the Steelers. Yeah. And um, uh, so when Ben came on the team, he, he, he was a spark. He changed things around, but he threw a lot of interceptions, young Ben. And he threw them in the end zone a lot of times. They were bad interceptions. Um, ben Roethlisberger, if you will recall, in the loss in the Super Bowl to the Packers, threw a horribly bad interception uh, in that game, uh, at least one that I can remember. Oh, no, it was the one that made it sound like it was over. Yeah, 21-3 to at that point. He throws interceptions. He does. I mean, he got hit when he threw that so, ball. That was the one from the end zone that got returned for a touchdown? Yeah, that's the one. I'm not blaming him for that. The idea that, but, um, but your point is that he threw that ball anyway when he was getting hit. Maybe he shouldn't. Have. He always has. It's been his career, um, but he's but he's always had the spark to make to make up for it. Now, what I've noticed this year, and this may be over coaching, and I'll stop after I make this last point. Um, ben, early Ben, successful Ben. Maybe that's a better way to say it. Um, successful Ben moved out of the pocket and let the defense chase him around, and, and then ad-libbed and made things happen. And that led to successful Ben. Um, he doesn't do that as much anymore. And I, I originally thought, well, it's because he's older, he's not as mobile. Um, but I think he could do more to avoid the rush and make a play now than he is. And I think he's been coached by Haley in particular, and, the, and maybe the Steelers organization. You need to get hit less because you're not going to be around very long. Um, and so he doesn't, he doesn't move around and he takes a lot of sacks and he, and he like turtles up to take the sack so he doesn't get hurt. Um, and I don't want him to get hurt. I don't want him to be a he-man, but I want him to still be Ben. And I think there's more of, of mobile Ben, elusive Ben, Ben that can ad lib and, and play Sandlot and make things happen. Um, that's still left in there. That's being inhibited by the coaching staff. I really do believe that. Um, and that's part of Ben's problem too. Okay, and then I promised that would be. It. <laughs> well, I think I, I think I think your point there, as far as like Ben's not as mobile, you know, he's not he's not as you know, we're not seeing the like crazy shaking defenders off and and the ad libs that we've seen from him in years past. I, I think that point is absolutely we have we haven't really. It's not that we haven't seen it in a while, but we've seen it less and less, right? I think one of the things that has kind of extended Ben's career or, or extended, look. Ben Roethlisberger is 35, right? This is the first. This is the first year where we can where, where this discussion has even come up, right? It, is Ben just getting old now, right? This is the first year it's come up. He's 35. Um, I think that that has to do a lot with the fact that if you look at what happened between 2014 and 2015, when the when the offense the offensive line went from being like a pretty good offense to in 2015 it was a great offensive line, and last year one of the best offensive lines in football. Right, his sack totals went down from like 30, 40, 33, then then it was like twenty and seventeen. Right, he's just been taking less hits and he's had to do a lot less of like the running around craziness. This year, though, you know, to your point, Joe, there's just been more. I think there's just been more pressure this year than anything. Right, there, the offensive line has not been as good this year as it's been in years past, and I think that maybe has uh, you can attribute some of that of. You know, Ben trying to go deep or just trying to get the ball out of his hands or, like you're saying, just taking sacks, unnecessary sacks. Um, he's already been sacked seven times this year. He was sacked 17 times all of last year. You know, he's on pace right now for you know close to 30 sacks this year, uh, which would be almost double what he did last year. I think offensive line has a lot to do with it. 
And, and I also think, look, you know, I started the whole thing by saying he, I think I think Ben's just not Ben anymore, right? I, I don't think it's I don't think it's maybe he's been coached to not take hits. I think certainly he's been coached to not take hits because that's what's extended his career out as far as it has. Um, but I, I do think there's an element of this of like he's just not. I mean, we're not going to get 28 year old Ben, right? Okay, I, I, I think I'm ready to. <laughs> Jump in here, if I may. Yeah. Okay, so I, I do agree that, um, first of all, he's more experienced and he's smarter. So, yes, he and I think he's being coached not to take hits. And that makes sense. And he's not 25, year old, 25 years old like you see uh, these other young guys running around and doing everything they can to make a play. He, he's smart enough to realize it's week four. I don't need to do that in week four. And I, I bet, you know, down the stretch and in the playoffs – We'll see a, a different guy, and and he will he will make plays like he will get out of the pocket more often and take risks on getting hit, um, just because the game's bigger. And and I think that we see a lot less of that, just like um, you guys said about you know being coached that way. And Tony, you said it also. The line's better. I mean, the days of Bruce Arian dropping seven step drops and and just having to run for your life and broken plays. I mean those just happen less in this type of offense. And the other thing is, I think that he stands in the pocket more um, where... Yeah, the gears past, he would have kind of... You know, he would have, he would have broken outside. away. Yeah, he would have got yeah, outside got, the pocket. Yeah. But he's trying to trust the pocket because he knows the line's good. And then even when it breaks down a little bit, he's still going to stand there, hold the ball up, and still try to throw it and you know dump it off and make a play. And a lot of times he does it, and we just think like, oh, great, we just got eight yards on that play, and we don't even think like, you know, the, the next time he does it, he's going to hold it and hold it and hold it and then hold and then cuddle it and get sacked. And we're going to complain. Why didn't you get rid of the ball? And the other thing is you never see him do like Eli Manning and Brady does where the rush is on and he just gets rid of the ball before he gets hit. You know, he, he just doesn't do that. That's not his makeup. Right. And um, and so I, I think that these, you know, the seven sacks, it, it's it's just part of him trying to stand in there and make a play instead of running around and making the play. But I think that down the stretch, we'll see part of the old Ben. Now, the, back to your opening remarks about him getting old. Yeah, that's going to happen. Sooner or later, it, he is going to tail off and we'll never see the old Ben again. I just think that um, that it may be part of that right now, but I think it's more so of what I said earlier, just the team's not in sync yet. And I think they will get in sync. And I think the one thing about throwing deep you know, I like to see it. We all like to see it. We love those plays. But I think it's important to continue to do that. And if you hit it, great. If you don't, it's okay. But that should be setting up, you know, the the underneath routes or the, the semi-deep crossing patterns and things like that just to stretch the defense to keep them honest. But we haven't seen them. We haven't seen that part of the game yet where we're stretching the field and then playing underneath. So hopefully... Haley and the offense will start doing that. Yeah, I think I think there's just been a, a lack of success, really, with the deep ball, right? I mean, you want to make teams respect it, right? But in order to make them respect it, you have to be successful doing it. And, and largely, you know, it, the best plays we've had on the deep ball have been penalties. You know, we, our best deep passes so far this year really have been pass interference calls, really, when you think about it, right? I mean, you know, in this game, he missed Martavis deep. He missed... You know, whether he missed Martavis or Martavis should have caught the one in Chicago, I guess will be a debate forever among Steelers fans, but whatever. I mean, it was pretty close to be. I mean, it was, it was pretty catchable, but it, it could have been better. But Martavis dropped it. Um, 
But, you know, those kind of plays are just – that part of the offense is definitely not in rhythm yet, right? As far as Ben understanding how far to throw the deep ball or, or when Martavis is, you know, wants it um, thrown way out there or, or when it should be kind of back shoulder or, or that kind of thing, right? They need to work that out. I understand that they want it, you know – again, it felt like – especially felt like in weeks one through three that offensively the game plan was – score a shitload of, shitload of points, right? Just like, go, 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 score quick. It was, you know, I forget which one you brought up, the Bruce Arians thing, but, like, that's very true. That's very true. It was it was the Bruce Arians style of offense in weeks one through three. Now, in this game, to their credit, they've already adjusted early in the year and said, eh, that ain't going to work. We got to just go back to, like, what we did last year, which is just run the ball, run the ball, run the ball, run the ball, and let the offense open itself up from there, and not to say that the offense was perfect against Baltimore because it absolutely was not. And I have a lot of pretty horrific things to say about the offense, especially in in, in the second half. But um, but to their credit, like they've at least acknowledged that we're not the high flying greatest show on turf offense that we thought we were. And so we need to pump the brakes on that and go back to what's working. And certainly in this game. So you know the Le'Veon, the Le'Veon preseason thing. Like Le'Veon has, like, do you guys' point again on the preseason stuff, right? You know, were the first three games of the year Le'Veon's preseason? I thought Le'Veon actually kind of got better each game, right? And this was certainly an accumulation of that. But there were times, I think, against Chicago that we just kind of got away from the run too much. We were down in that game, so it made more sense that we need to be throwing, need to be pressing, maybe a little more in that game. But I think this, I think for Le'Veon, right? If we're looking at the offenses as far as are we getting better week over week? Certainly running the football, right? There's no doubt about it. We are getting better running the football. Passing? Okay, let's Are we getting better passing the football or are we just kind of the same every week? I think, to me, I think we're just kind of the same every week. Not better or worse. It, ha- it hasn't really gotten better yet, but, I mean, Juju's stepping up a little more, so that's good. Juju's my favorite. Um, I love and, Juju. Uh, I love Juju. You know, and, and AB hasn't had a huge game yet. I mean, well, he's had for, a few yeah, the big couple, plays. Yeah. First so, couple games are good. I mean, I think it's still going to come. And and same with Martavis. I mean, Martavis, we haven't hit him on a deep ball yet. We've had him on a couple of nice, you know, crossing patterns, things like that. Yeah. But I think it's going to come. I think that's I think my, that's my next week monologue is the, is the uh, are we sure Martavis is coming? Well, let me see this, Joe. Are we sure? You were, you're a big Martavis, you know. Martavis Bryant in 2013 and 14 was – like a revelation in this offense, right? But are we sure, or 2014, 2015, excuse me, 2014, 2015, he was unbelievably great. But he took that year off, right? And he hasn't been the same Martavis. Are we sure we're getting that Martavis back? Is it possible that, you know, that Martavis went away in 2015? We're just going to kind of get this rusty Martavis Bryant? Well, I think it's a little bit... um... It's a little bit, uh, you know, Pollyanna to think that he's just going to come back after a uh, how many months of, oh, was he off of football? I never did the calculation. Is it, oh, is it close? Like twenty four. Twenty, yeah, twenty something months, yeah. I mean, come on, that's a long time between football games. Have you ever, you ever gotten really good at something and then stopped doing it? You know, like. You, you can't simulate timing and game situation. But I know you can throw a football and you can go run around and you can do exercises and you can stay in shape and, and you can do all those things, assuming he did that. 
Yep. Right. Um, so that's that's one part of the puzzle that he could control. What he couldn't control is the 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 those intangible skills that he had that just that just it seemed natural to us. It was probably practiced when he was a rookie, um, and he and he came on the on the field in that Tennessee game on Monday Night Football, or maybe it was Sunday. It was one of the night games. Yeah, it was, it was a Monday Night game against against Houston, Houston uh, Texans, and, and the stagnated offense. Just changed. Yeah, it came to life that that day, um, and it stayed changed. Uh, and then it started struggling when he when he got his suspension. Um, so, if you've ever if you've ever gotten really good at, at something, really good at it, um, and then stop doing it for a while, and then come back to it, it's frustrating. And, and I think everybody's done that. Just just anything that takes motor skills and timing and hand-eye coordination, whatever, um, let alone that it's in concert with another person, you know, i.e. the quarterback in this case. Um, it, it comes back. It does come back. Um, but it, it's not easy. And it's frustrating because you're better than the results that you're getting while you're trying to, while you're trying to recapture that, that skill level. And that, and in this case, the, that magic, um, I, you know, I don't know that it's ever going to come back. I'm not, I'm not sure. I can't sit here and say, oh yeah, definitely. But I feel like it will. Um, I, it, and that, and it's it's going to be directly relational to his desire. How badly does he want to play football? I'm impressed that he's back. That kind of tells me that this man really does want to play football. Um, and you know, for him to hang out for 20 months. Would stand a suspension, still come back. Steelers took him back. Um, you know, they went through a lot of wide receivers. They could have, the Steelers could have, could have canned him. Um, and uh, he had to win his job back. He didn't just get it. Um, so, I'm hopeful. I'm very hopeful. He, uh, he is the difference maker, and and I think um, our passing game goes as he goes. Um, when he and that, when some of those. Long passes start connecting. Um, ben and, and Martavis get their timing down. When that happens, uh, that's going to change the passing game. That's going to that is definitely going to change the passing game. That's um, the hope. That's the hope. Yeah, I mean that is the hope. Lay it on Martavis. It's not only about goes back to Ben. Look, I don't know what was going on in the in the uh, Ravens game with Ben, um, but there was a there was a play where. We needed a first down. It was third down, and and Ben threw the ball off to the right. I don't remember what player he threw it to. It was going to be short of the first down, anyways. Um, even if even if the ball was off target, the short pass was off target, and so it was incomplete. But even if even if we completed that pass, we still weren't going to make first down. The guy was covered. Uh, that same play, uh, and to, oh, everybody can remember. Oh this. yeah, this was yeah. No, this is the temper tantrum play. Antonio Brown is like open like. Remember those Jets touchdowns yeah. that um, Ben threw uh, a couple years back, uh, where they just came out of nowhere. Yeah, um, it was like that. There was just like the Ravens' defense was like in another county. They were just gone, um, and and you didn't have to be Antonio Brown to score a touchdown. You, you could have been any one of the three of us or anybody in the stands. If you could catch the ball, you could make a touchdown because nobody was near it. Um, and, right. Uh, this has been a much 
this has been a much maligned play for for you know since the game, m- m- very much because AB like threw his temper tantrum, right? But it's right. But it's just been talked about so much, and right. I think that's because yeah, go ahead. I saw it, and it was it was like why didn't Ben see him? It wasn't like he had his back to him. It was in his field of vision. He should have seen it. Yeah, I thought he had pressure from the left side, which forced him to push to the right and throw he, it to Le'Veon. Move to the right. And that's what I thought at first. When I watched the replay, I'm like, no, no, no. He still could see that. He must have just had in his mind that hey, it's a it's a short or was it third and short? Maybe I'm just going to go to Le'Veon, easy pickup. You know, he's going to catch it and run for the first down. So but what, Le'Veon was covered. Yeah. So Ben actually, you know, the, the, of course, the the. Uh, Pittsburgh, asked him about Pittsburgh it. yeah, uh, reporters asked him about this during his interview uh, on Monday, I think, and or maybe it was earlier today. Ben said, "Look, that play was designed. AB's a- route was designed to beat man-to-man coverage, and they were running zone. So I went to my zone read. You know, it is. I don't know why everybody's freaking out about this now. Yeah, you know, other people have taken this as like, no, this is proof that Ben can't read the field. You know, as well, or, or Ben's just." You know, he's looking to get out of there. You know, I mean, look, there's been a lot of hot takes about this one. And, and, and you know, certainly A.B. freaked out um, on, on the sideline. And there's been a lot made about that, about how, you know, and, and Ryan Clark had his crazy uh, rant that he went on today about how A.B. is a selfish wide receiver and he's just hiding it. His smile hides the fact that he's actually selfish and just wants the ball and yada, yada. Look, I, I have, first of all, to address the tantrum thing, I have no problem with A.B., you know, being upset that the offense – Sucks because the offense does suck. Um, and here, here's what I want to. Here's my thing about the offense, right? Here's my like. Here's my hot take as far as the offense goes. Offensively, the last two weeks, we have had. It's been two different styles of games, but two of the same offensive performance in the second half. Which is to say, it's been complete garbage in the second half of games that the Steelers should win, could win. And the offense tries everything it can do to not let us win this game. Against Chicago, everybody rails on the defense in that game. And rightfully so, because they played like shit in that game. Make no mistake about it. That was a garbage game from the defense. But, however, in the second half of that game, the defense allowed zero points for Chicago. They shut out the Chicago Bears in the second half. And they got two turnovers in that game. Okay, or In the, se- in the second half of that game. You know how many points the offense scored in the second half after being given two short fields? They scored 10 points, and they both off of turnovers. They could not muster a single drive. An offense that aspires to score 30 against the shitty Chicago Bears cannot cannot even put up anything else than, oh, as long as you spot me a short field, I'll convert this. That's all they could do. And then this week, when the game seemed like it was turning in the second half, and defensively, you know, they had their kind of let-off drive that they seemed to always find a way to, you know, to make games closer than they should. Uh, defensively, they have their let off, and it seems like the score is about to be, you know, whatever it was going to be, um, uh, what was it going to be, 19 to 11, right? All of a sudden, it's going to be a one-possession game. Now, they took the two-point conversion away, thank goodness. But again, okay, offense, you aspire to score 30. Just get me anything in the 20s. Anything in the 20s, and we win this game easily, right? Anything in the 20s, and we're fine. And again, offensively, what could they muster in the second half? Jack diddly squat until until we had not just one but two interceptions back to back, and they scored it on the second. Inter- they finally scored their touchdown on the second interception when the game was already at hand because the, the, it was a ten point game. It was less than five minutes to go. The Ravens weren't going to score two touch or two touchdowns anyway in that time. My problem with this, like we've talked in the de- in the past about the defense lacking a killer instinct. 
this offense this year, not just has like been ineffective or anything, but at, at the times when you need it, and this is why I go back to the Ben Roethlisberger, like this is this is a this is not a good Ben Roethlisberger we're watching right now, is because when there are times this year when this offense needs it, when I when I'm like okay, offense with all this talent with Hall of Fame quarterback, any points right here is good, any literally any points is good, and they just can't do it. They're incapable of doing it. That's my biggest problem with this. Offense. That's the thing that frustrates me to no end watching this. I mean, I, I agree, but it's early. I mean, I, I don't feel the same way. I just feel like it's gonna it's a work in progress, and you're three and one, and that's good. And if we can get to six and two, and the, and we continue to improve, you know, I always say it. Now is not the time to peak. Right. So there's a lot. Yeah, there's a lot of truth there, right? You don't need to be you need to be playing your best football now. I just want to see this offense. My biggest problem with the offense is I don't think we're getting better. I think Le'Veon's getting better. I don't think the offense is getting better. Well, I know, I know what you mean. That like, okay, so it's like when you really need a play to close out the game or to convert a third down so that you can stay on the field for two or three more minutes and chew the clock some more. You just want to be able to make that one play, and I know it's frustrating that they can't. I, I think that um, I don't know what it is. It's like it's like we're we're missing a piece. Like we we've always wanted that second wide receiver, and it should be Martavis. And now Juju's stepping up, and and it's almost like um, it's almost like our tight end should be open on every play because there's so many other guys to deal with, and uh, and it's almost like we need to design plays to you know how like some teams they they have a little waggle rollout or something and some the fullback's wide open or or the tight end's wide open we need to do that every now and then to get a free eight yards yeah and and like like I was saying earlier I think that. I mean, Tony, you alluded to that, hey, if the deep ball's not working, it's not really a threat. Well, I, I think it is a threat. I mean, if you if you just show that you can go deep, even if it's not successful, they have to cover it. And therefore, that should open up another part of the field. Yeah, but they don't have to double cover it. If they have to, I mean, every, they have to cover every route, right? But if they if your deep ball is not working, if, if either A, your guy can cover a man-to-man, or B, you just can't connect on it, your receiver's... You know, just can't make the plays. Then they're not really going to respect it with with two guys, and that's really when offenses start to open up. Especially when you when you make a safety, when you play a safety deep, right? When you have to play a safety deep in the in the secondary, that starts to open up those things underneath, like you're talking about. I think that's where the okay. offense is uh, right now. Yeah, yeah, and and I, I mean, I think that what what we saw last week is going to help. They committed to the run because in the first half, Le'Veon was getting only you know one and two, sometimes three yards. And it might be second and seven, and they would run it again. Yeah, you know, and so we'd end up with a third and five or a third and three, and it just made it easier. And it and there's less chance of holding and going to like second and fifteen because of holding. Well, so being true holding, to the run, I think the holding has come uh, on both pass and run. But that's true. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that we is just, true. We found a way to shoot it, ourselves in the foot. It did open up in the second half, and obviously the Ravens defense got tired, so that made it easier to run. But yeah. you know, it's also practice too. He ran the ball thirty-five times. That's that's practice for the next game also. I want to make a point on the Gatorade toss. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> because I, I don't really mind AB a, doing that. I don't want to see him do it every game. I mean, I, I'm, I'm happy that he's passionate about the game. And, and you know, show me a receiver that's not selfish and doesn't want the ball and doesn't want to score touchdowns and make the big plays. Um, and I like Ryan Clark. I listen to him all the time. And I love the way he played. Uh, I do want to say, though, that when Ben threw, I think Ben only has two interceptions this season, right? Yes. So far, yes. So one of his interceptions was basically a completion to AB, which, in my opinion, really was a completion, and his knee was down before the ball came out. But whatever. And then the ball pops up, 
and the Ravens get an interception out of the deal. And with these great NFL rules, they don't even get a touchdown out of it and had to settle for a field goal. So we were at least happy about that. But I think that Ben should have went to the sidelines after basically A.B. caused an interception on his stat book, which I'm sure A.B. is worried about his stat book, too. Ben should have found a nice Gatorade jug and threw it across the bench also, don't you think? Yes, I, I, want, I want that relationship to just be as, as petty as possible. I don't know. I'm just kidding. But yeah. You, you know, and actually now – are you allowed to have props for touchdowns? I don't think you're – I think, I think, think no, no props? props yet. Yeah, but that's kind okay. of – Okay. I think AB should bring a Gatorade jug and when he scores a touchdown and do something with it, you know, the toss or whatever. I think it would be worth a 15-year penalty just to show that he's – You can use the football as a prop so they can do whatever, you know. But yeah, but that. the Gatorade jug has to be part of it. Got to so. be, yeah, I agree. Take the 15 yards, it's worth it. Yeah. All right. Let's, uh, I guess, let's let's transition now. Talk about this defense, a.k.a. what exactly are we watching? This reminds me a lot, the defense reminds me a lot of the, uh, oh, well, it, it's kind of, what happened defensively this year is that uh, we came into the year with all this, like, you know the preseason. Literally, you couldn't have you couldn't have scripted a worse preseason for the defense, right? Just getting roasted week after week, and like everything being written about how bad this defense is, and oh god, we have all these problems, all these problems, and and whatnot, right? First two weeks of the season, defense looks pretty good, right? TJ TJ Watt is being written about in every publication, right? Because he's a Watt brother, and he's actually pretty he's actually pretty good, right? Then Chicago happens. Then the Chicago game happened. And everyone goes, what in the what did I just watch? Right? And it's very much, it very much to me reminds me of like what happened last year against Philly. Right? Not, not that we thought the defense was good last year, but just like coming out. If you remember the feeling for the Steelers last year, which was come out on Monday night. I mean, we score every single time down the field against Washington. Blow them out. We had the, 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 the fourth down bomb to, to AB. It was just a fun fest. Right? Then there's the home game against Cincinnati. It's a rainy game, so it's kind of more crappy. But, hey, we beat Cincinnati. That's our division rival, right? That's the, you know, this is the team that's going to challenge us for the AFC North. So we're feeling good about ourselves. Holy crap, we're good. We can win the Super Bowl. And we go to Philly, and it's like, what did I just watch? What, I don't understand because this looks, this looks absolutely nothing like what I've just seen the previous two weeks. And that's, you know, that's what happened against Chicago, right? The, against Against Cleveland, against Minnesota, they run. They didn't run against us, right? In fact, Dalvin Cook, who is unfortunately tore his ACL, but to a point this year, to this point this year, had been one of the best young backs in the league, if not the best running back statistically. You know, he had, what, 60 yards against us? Um, and then the next week, the, the Bears run all over us. And then Baltimore, who's been coming out and running the football pretty well this year, they come out and do nothing really running the football. Um, I don't know, defensively this year, it's just been... It's been weird, right? Because it's not been bad. We've been blitzing well. We've been we and, and the one thing I really like about this team is that def- the defensive line has been good enough that you know even at those times when it used to be if we didn't bring pressure, if we didn't bring a blitz, there was no chance we were going to get a rush whatsoever. Uh, and now this year we only bring three, we bring four, right? We're still able to get pressure on the quarterback, even if it doesn't uh, get to be a sack. Right? We're getting pressure, and, and secondary we haven't been tested yet, but that's just gonna that's just because we haven't played anybody yet. Um, but I don't know. It doesn't. It certainly doesn't seem like a bad defense, right? But it's. But I, I don't really know what to think about it. I'm kind of excited about the defense. Just you know, with new players out there, 
Um, my biggest gripe on the defense is giving up the big running plays. Yeah. And especially in Chicago, it was consistently happening, and they, they couldn't stop it. So if the coaches or someone can explain to me that, hey, it's just a miscommunication thing or a guy was just, you know, took a wrong angle or something here or there, and that's something that can get corrected over the course of, you know, games coming up and by the end of the season or midseason, you know, that'll, that'll be fixed. Because other than that, I mean, I don't really see guys wide open the way I used to see in the past. And and I'm seeing a pass rush, just like you said, with just four guys. And and, uh, and sometimes even on a three-man rush, we get yeah. pressure. And uh, Kim Hayward and Tewitt, those guys are, are beasts. And, I mean, obviously, Shazier is very athletic. And um, and then seeing these these new guys uh, blitzing off the corner. Yeah, Hilton. Have, yeah, having a third safety and J.J. Wilcox being available. Yeah, and Hilton coming in. I mean, it's it's. I think it's exciting, and hopefully, it's just going to get better and better. Man, I just sound so optimistic. The offense is just going to get better. The defense is going to get better. It's fine. I mean, it's fine. hey, it's got it has. If we're going to go back to back, winning back to back championships, so Ben can retire after that, it has to. We have to be optimistic. It better be better than this. Yeah, it better get better than this. Yeah. All right. So wait, hold on. If you're voting in the poll, are we good? Are we maybe good? Maybe just okay? Or are we just okay on defense right now? I think that uh, I think we're maybe good. We're, we're maybe good, but just okay. But that's right now, right? You know, ask me, ask me in three weeks. I might say that we're good and we may be great. Yeah, we'll uh, yeah. I, I think I'm with they, you there. They, yeah, yeah, I'm right there with you. Right. There. They have to stay healthy, though. I mean, the key is I think the, one of the keys is is Cam Hayward and Tuitt have to stay healthy. That's the nucleus of the defense right now. A lot of times it's your middle linebacker core, but to me it seems like those two guys. No, I think I think what's great. I, I, well, I, th- I think it's not just those two guys. I think I think Tyson Alualu has been good. I think Javon Hargrave has been very very good. Maybe not utilized as much as as uh, you know you would like, but I think those guys have been very good as well. I think I think the the, the great thing about this defense is that it's it's the one thing you can say is it's got a good defensive line. I know this sounds stupid to say because we got roasted against Chicago against the run, but like if you go back and watch the tape. The defensive line really wasn't to blame for a lot of the, the runs that they had against us, right? The gaps were filled. What we struggled with in that game, and what we struggled with a little bit in this game, was like cutback lanes and sealing the edge and, and um, when they would run things that were off tackle, you know, those plays where guards are pulling all the way around and they're running things uh, uh, off edge, that kind of thing. That's where we really struggled. But defensive, what, what, what excites me about this defense is – you know, on offense, a great offense starts with having a great offensive line. I think the same can be said about defense, right? The great defenses have a great defensive line. Um, and this defense, with Cam Hayward, with Stephon Tuitt, Javon Hargrave, with Tyson Alualu, even LT Walton has played good this, times this year, right? We have the nucleus right there of a very good defensive line, to maybe a borderline great defensive line. And so, you know, that's the kind of thing you can start to build on. And you've seen that this year with, you know, with, the, with their ability to get to the to the pass rusher. I said last week, right? Or I, actually, no, I didn't say this last week. I said this two weeks ago because last week I had nothing good to say about the defense. But two weeks ago, I, you know, I said, look, I understand we haven't played anybody this year. But the things that this defense is doing well, which is playing good on the defensive line and getting pressure on quarterbacks, I don't care who's back there playing quarterback against you, right? I don't care if it is Tom Brady or, or Aaron Rodgers. It's hard to play quarterback when teams are getting a consistent rush against you. So the things that we're doing right now that are good excite me in that I think if we can if 
Take this and you can replicate it against Tom Brady. You can replicate it against Aaron Rodgers. This is certainly a recipe for success. Um, I don't know. Joe, I forget if you, if you voted in the poll, uh, but where, where, are, where do you think we are defensively? I did vote in your poll, Tony. Did you vote just okay? I voted okay. Yes. <laughs> Called it. All right. Well, where, where, uh, okay, so, yeah. What, what's your feeling? What's your take on the defense right now? I mean, the, de- the defense has been uh, – so, okay, I'll start with the, with the exciting part of the defense. The exciting part of the defense is there are playmakers on the defense now, and there are difference makers on the defense. So you talk – the difference makers are the guys on the defensive line, to it and Hayward. They've been around for a little while. We've known that. That's not a surprise. They need to be in there. I, I feel like – I know you talk about these other guys, but I feel like when they're not in there, for instance – I believe two. It was missing for one of the games. What game was that? No, oh, he missed. He's missed every single game except this one. Oh, except except the Ravens. Okay, so um, and they they had success running against us. Uh, so so um, I think those two guys are are they're a prerequisite to defensive success. Um, then uh, what's exciting though about the defense is that we we have playmakers again. We haven't had playmakers on the defense. In a number of years, many, too many, too many years, we have playmakers. Their names are Shazier, uh, Dupree, uh, Watt. Um, I'm leaving somebody out. Um, oh, who did two, I leave out? Two and, two and Hayward. No, 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 Chicolo, you like Chicolo. You like Chicolo. Well, but Chicolo kind of got beat up in um, in Chicago. Wow, who didn't get beat up in Chicago? I'm, I'm like kind of like I heard I heard he you know. So that's what's exciting about the defense is that we have playmakers. We have guys that make things happen um, and make the offenses pay. They they they, uh, they come up with the ball, and that, and that, those are difference makers. They make, they make a difference on your team. Um, secondarily, I don't know. I just I just I don't have any. I don't have. I have. I'm not going to pick on the secondary because they haven't been picked on yet. Right. They get like I'm an there. incomplete grade, right? It's like that thing when you fill in the grade, you're like, eh, incomplete. I don't know yet. I don't know. Well, not enough information yeah. to, to score this yet. Yeah. Um, so I just, you know, um, what is disappointing about the defense? And I'm really like, I'm like, I'm like anti-Steelers coaching staff this year. I'm sorry, but I am. Um, because I watched in the Chicago game, I watched with my brother, um, and I, I just we just sat here going every single successful run is a cutback. All of them. It was like there's not one run that they just go okay, we're gonna go to say and, and that's the way they go. Um it's like the our defense is either overcommitting, there's nobody staying home, and, and it's just a, it's like in basketball. If you run the same pick and roll over and over again, right, with success, doesn't the doesn't the opposing coach shut it down? Somebody say, hey, shut that down. Watch for the cutback and shut it down. Don't let them cut back. I don't care what happens. I don't care if they score a touchdown going around the end. If they cut back and get a first down, I'm going to cut your ass off the team. Okay? But I won't cut you if they score it going around the end and make a touchdown. But So my point is that, that there's no – it seems to me that, that teams do things to the Steelers – successfully and the Steelers coaching staff has no answer. They can't game time, real time, figure out what's happening to them and answer it. 
and make the other team find another way to look to find success. You're not going to beat us with that. They don't. Have, they 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 just uh, to to me from what I'm seeing, they can't answer it, and that's scary. That's disappointing. I'm used to good. I'm used to great coaches who go into halftime and say, "What happened to us in the first half? Come out in the second half, and whatever it was that was happening, it's like you're watching a whole new ball game." We don't do that to other teams. We have that done to us um, on both sides of the ball. I'm tired of it. Well, I think I think don't you think though that Chicago was the exception and not the rule this year, right? Because I mean, that was one game. But there are three other games where that didn't happen. There was a lot of running success in all the games, in my in my opinion. Well, I mean, not not in this game. I mean, the Ravens game they had the one play, right? I'm not talking about the Ravens. Okay, uh, I've been looking for a chance to work this in. Um, you know, so when I when I can hear the the, the the play call the game, I can't. Sometimes I I, I see games and I uh, it's just not possible for me to hear what's being said. Um, but but I could hear the Ravens game get called, and um, I heard a stat in that game, um, and you know it kind of goes to the did we did we already talk about the the Ravens their first two games this year. There's something like a and, – and their first two games were Browns-Bengals, okay? So, you know, we're not talking like, whoa, how, you know, they're 2-0 and in those games and how they manage that against those two teams. Like, who couldn't get 2-0 and in those two games, okay? All right, so that's number one. Uh, I heard that they were something like plus 10 in turnovers in those two games. So, I mean, how do you not win, right? How, you don't even have to play those games. Um, you're, you're basically the other team didn't show up. They gave you they gave you five extra possessions. You know, count up the possessions in a game. There aren't that many, um, and you get five extra ones. Your defense doesn't have to make a stop. You just turnover. Um, in the Steelers game, uh, the the Ravens were on the minus side of that equation. Um, in the last four meetings between the Steelers and the Ravens in Baltimore. The Ravens are something like plus 15 in turnovers. And again, yesterday they were on the minus side. Um, so this whole thing about, you know, the mystique and all that, it's, it's, to me, it's all of a sudden now it's, it's coming down to turnovers. Um, Flacco didn't turn it over. I'll give him credit for that. He always seemed to complete passes and all that stuff, and that was very frustrating to watch. He didn't do that uh, this week. But um, uh, Wait, he turned far- over twice. You know what, this week? They turned the ball over twice this week. Yeah. But as far as the run, you know, in, in in the games that we've played, there's been too much running on the Steelers. Well, this hold, week, on. hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I got to stop you there. I got to stop you there. Because I don't think that was, I don't. I just think, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. But there was that big, giant 50-yard run that kind of sparked that little comeback. Right. Okay. I think there's one big there's run in each half. one big run in this game. game, right? There's one big run no, in this two, game. One in each half. Oh, the first. Well, that's right. not okay, guys. But there was two. Right. Well, you I don't like them. No, no, but I'm okay. I, uh, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold, 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 let's let, let's take a deep breath. Hold on, hold on. Go ahead, go ahead. Hold on. Okay, we had a bad game run defense against Chicago. We can all accept that. That's fine. But let's not let's let's not use that and extrapolate that and say, well, we're we also had bad runs against Minnesota and against Cleveland and against Baltimore, right? In this game, we gave up. What was it? Sixty yards running, seventy yards running against Cleveland. If you, if you, we gave up like 
50 yards running or 60 yards running. And if you take away Kaiser's runs when he scrambled, and you just count actual running plays, they gave up 40 yards in that game. And if you look at Dalvin Cook, uh, I believe we gave up like 40, 60, 64 yards to Dalvin Cook, and he had a 25-yarder. So, we, again, the majority of the time, outside of one play in each game, right, the majority of the runs have been unsuccessful against us outside of Chicago. Hey, I agree. I mean, that, that's what I said. That's the one thing that I have to complain about is is giving up the big runs. And there's been big runs in each game, so it seems. Um, maybe not Cleveland. So, I mean, if they can clean that up, uh, and, and they they cleaned it up for the most part against the Ravens, but they still gave up a couple of big runs. Yeah, no, but the problem here, – here's my problem with the team, right? This is my problem with the defense. We talked about lacking a killer instinct. I don't know if this team lacks a killer instinct because really the only time this year that they really, like, gave it up at the end was against Chicago. That overtime performance was uh, – I would love to forget – everything that happened in that overtime. Um, all three runs. It was, only, it was only three runs. It was one play. It was one of those things where well, he's running down the sideline, like, just score so I don't have to watch this shit anymore. And uh, ironically, they got scored on twice in overtime, really. Because yes, exactly. the guy barely stepped out of bounds. Yeah. And then well, and then it's like, oh, a reprieve, because maybe we'll hold no field goal and we'll score. Yeah. Nah, just kidding. Yeah. Yeah, just kidding. Yeah. Uh, no, the thing about this defense is that they – they're okay, so last year we had this thing where, like, they would just let teams back in the game and then we would – you know, like like against Baltimore, right, where they gave up the lead late. They would give up the lead late in a lot of games. Um, they, You know, they almost did it against Kansas City. They just saved the two-point conversion, right? There were a lot of times last year where end of game, okay, defense, make a stop, right, and they couldn't do it. This year, we haven't had that much. I mean, Chicago is the, is the game you look at. We've had more of these just, like, mental lapses in the middle of games, right? Cam Hayward said, um, after I think after Minnesota, that we just – you know, as a defense, we have to stop. But he called. He said, "Letting the foot off the gas." Right? We have to stop. Letting the, we have to keep going. And and you saw that against Minnesota. Remember, they got back into that game. You know, it was like sixteen to nothing, and then all of a sudden, it's like sixteen to nine out of nowhere. Uh, and then here in this game, right, there was a point in the middle of this game, right. This, this we can all after the game, after the fact, walk, look at this game. Well, yeah, we beat the Ravens' ass, and it was nineteen nothing halftime. We beat them twenty six to nine. But there's a point in like the middle of the third quarter where. The Ravens score. They scored two two possessions in a row because they got the field goal off the interception, and then they go right down and score a touchdown. And you're like, "Holy shit!" Like this could very easily turn the other way. And that's my problem with the defense is that it just there are times when I feel like it's teetering. Right? It's like, yeah, it's dominant on some possessions, but then it's like there are other possessions. There are other possessions where they just they let the foot off the gas, and then you're like, especially because Cleveland hat or because Chicago happened, you're just not sure what you're about to watch. Right? Anything. It's it's one of those things like. You know, they answer like the Mike Tyson zone where anything could happen. Literally anything could happen on this possession, and I would believe it because they were playing so well, and then all of a sudden it's just like they forgot how to play football. Uh, Tony, it's, it's both sides of the ball too. It is. The defense up, then the offense comes on the field, and uh, and, and and without almost without exception, they do a three and out. Yeah. Yeah. Right, and, and that's so – yeah. I think the offense is – the offense is a killer instinct. You either need a stop or you need a, you need to, you need a first down, put a little points on the board – Chew up the clock, and neither side of the ball can do it. Right, neither side. And this this goes back to this goes back to what you were talking about earlier. Why you know why, why does this why does this happen? Why does the why does the offense come out and and they and they can't make a first down? You just want to chew up a little clock. You just want to, and and they can't. Anything. Just want anything. Yeah. And I say it goes back to it goes back to the discipline thing. It goes back to this is the most penalized offense, and it's not even close. In the league, um, and and yeah. how are you going to make a first down 
when when you know you're starting out first and twenty. You know right. how are you gonna, you make it especially this make, offense, especially this offense. If there's an offense in the league that needs to stop shooting up in the foot, we can't even get a first down when it's first and ten a lot of the time. So you know, first and twenty, forget about it. So the so I really I mean I, and I'm and this comes back to coaches. This is why I'm, I'm telling you. I'm all over the coaches now because you can't have an undisciplined team without having coaches that are that are letting it get out of control. Um, so, so the offense is believing its own press. The offense is impressed with itself. It likes when it looks in the mirror and it thinks how beautiful I am and how and how I'm, I'm the greatest thing. And and they ain't they ain't, they they're, they're talking the talk, but they ain't walking the walk. Yeah. Uh, and the, okay, and it's time for me to break in, man. You guys are like way too critical. <laughs> Way too critical. You can't win the Super Bowl in week four. Okay? It's a climb. We just got to every, – everything, everything's – they're working it out. And it's good that they're 3-1. We really haven't played anybody. It's hard to tell how good we are. And you're right about the discipline and the penalties. The penalties are going to kill you. But one thing that Tomlin did say – I'm going to defend the coaching staff here. Tomlin did say – and you pointed out, Joe, or Tony, that, that against the Ravens the last three or four years, we've been in the minus in turnovers. He said that they had he had his team focused on protecting the football coming into the Ravens game, and just like you said, if you protect the football, the Ravens are an average team, and you should be able to beat them easily. And they basically did that. And so now he needs to get them focused on, you know, at least the preset snap penalties, right? And well, and the and, holding and to and, and he yeah he I, did improve on maybe you're going to say this on special teams. He's trying to make a focus on on you know no special teams penalties because those really hurt also you get an eight yard return but there's a holding and so that's a 10 yard penalty and sometimes depending on where the penalty is that could be like a 15 to 20 yard field change yeah and i think one more thing and you know i don't know if this is for or against the coaching staff but i think it's just you know a thing about the offense that i think will get better is that the i think the person who's been uh penalized the most on offense is juju and he's a 20 year old rookie so yeah, I mean, he needs to be coached better to, you know, because I think he's getting called for a lot of stupid penalties, whether it be, and it's a, it's a variety, right? Whether it be he gets called for holding a lot and he gets called for uh, illegal formation, right? I mean, he's just, he needs he needs to be better in that way, but he is 20, right? He's the youngest player in the National Football League, period. Not the youngest wide receiver, not the youngest, he's the youngest player. But he will get better in that way, and I think, you know, coaching is going to have a lot to do with that and in, in getting him to be more disciplined. Although I will say, if you guys haven't noticed him, he's so great as a blocker. Some of these plays where he just, you know, he takes such pride. What I love about Juju is that, you know, you, we talk about, like, kids playing in the National Football League, but, like, Juju isn't, like, an actual, like, he's like a kid playing football, right? And he takes pride in, like, knocking guys, like, so he's had, a, I forget how many pancake blocks he's had this year, but he's had a couple, and they've been, they've been Twitter gifts made of them. Um, but he takes real pride in, like, being, you know, he's Heinz Ward-esque, a lot of people say, like, they compare him to Heinz Ward coming out of college because of how physical he is, but he's certainly taken a lot of pride in his blocking um, and laying guys out, and of course that's led to uh, holding penalties, right? Because the most obvious holding penalty is when you got a guy held and he falls to the ground, well, that's an obvious holding call. Um, and then, of course, the Juju Dragon Ball Z uh, Kamehameha uh, in the end zone was amazing, but um, yeah, I mean, Juju has been responsible for, for not, not the majority, but he's been responsible for quite a few penalties offensively so hopefully that can get better as well although maybe it doesn't say a lot a lot of great things about the coaching staff because you know it, well, so I'm, okay so i'm glad the coaching staff's not coming down too hard on him because he's contributing in other ways and and he'll learn and so okay but it's not all like you said it's not only him no, 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 no. we got veterans 
getting called for all kinds of stupid stuff on the offense. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, uh, it, yeah, it's the offensive line, too. And, and this goes back to the, you know, the offense, not only, not only is the offensive line not opening as, as good a holes as they've been opening in, in years past for Le'Veon, right? It seems like if teams want to stack the box against Le'Veon, they're having much more success doing so, and, and he's not able to find the creases he found in years past. We're not able to get out in front of Le'Veon's short passes, whereas you haven't been able to before. And Ben certainly has had more pressure on him than in years past. And you take all of those things, right, which is the offensive line's play hasn't been as good, and they're just getting called for holding way more often than they normally do. Well, all right. And the point I was getting to with them with them being patient with, with Juju, and I'm, and I'm happy for them. I'm not saying they shouldn't be. Uh, but um, my man, uh, Eli Rogers, who's, who's you know, mm. who's – Who's not? Who doesn't have the same future that Juju does? Admittedly, um, but the guy's been on the team three years. Um, and to my knowledge, he hasn't made any serious errors up until Chicago, um, and he made and he made the worst error you can make. Okay? Yeah. He let let a bad team get a, get a breath of fresh air and say, "Oh my God, we have a chance!" You know, something went our way finally. Yeah, um, and he gave them that. Okay, that's a that's a horribly bad mistake. And you know how I feel about special teams. Um, however, that I think was his first punt return ever. No, no, no. Well, he's been he's been returning punts a little bit last year, and then all of this year. Okay, so um, he's our punt um, returner. He is the he was he was well, for the first three games. Yeah, for the first three games, yeah. well, he was. This is my next criticism of the coaching staff. I mean, really and truly, really and truly, he's the guy who you're going to sit. After the Chicago game, that's the that's the that's the thing. That's that's what you well, think is wrong. I'm going to tell you something. No, 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 I'm going to tell you something. If you think if this team if this team's anything close to what we predicted and what and what they think they are, um, you could go into Chicago, spot them 21 points in the first quarter, and and not and and then wait until the second quarter to start playing, and you still come out of there with a win. Okay, because. Uh, because the bears, the bears are that bad, okay? and the bears are going to go right back to being what they are. I believe they lost on on Thursday night to the to the Packers promptly and and, and on. Schedule. Okay, look, I'm the coaching staff, okay, so and gonna, and I agree they, with you. I, go ahead, tell me why you should bench. Okay, them. I'll tell you why because I'm the coaching staff, and I need to make a point of emphasis to my man Eli Rogers, who is my number one punt returner, and he's going to be my number one punt returner for the remainder of the season into the playoffs and in the Super Bowl. And I need him to really focus on catching a punt at the 10-yard line and making sure that he possesses the ball such that we don't turn it over here. And it's not because it's not against Chicago. I don't care about the Chicago loss, actually, because it's an NFC loss. I care about when we are up by three points against the Patriots in the AFC championship game and they're punting the ball to my 10-yard line. You think line. the Patriots are going to make the championship game? <laughs> okay, whatever. <laughs> okay, when a crucial ga- in a kidding. crucial I'm game, I'm just kidding. Yeah, I know. Yeah, they're what are they two and two? Two and two. <laughs> they're going to oh. go fourteen and two. We know they're going to go fourteen and two. Okay, so so they're going to catch the. He's, we need we need him to focus on this. And how can I get him to make sure that he understands, you know, how much how much this means to me and the team, and how important this is? Well, you know what? Number one, I got a guy named Justin Hunter that that can't get a helmet because we have too many good receivers. I want to get him a helmet, see how he does, and I'm going to make Eli just sit for a week and and really think about this and maybe sulk or whatever, and he'll understand how important this is. And uh, one other thing I want to I, add, I don't, one, one I thing don't. I want to add is is uh, what Tomlin said today in his press conference, which is uh, the reason that he sat Eli. If he was going to 
he, it wasn't that you know he wanted to bench or to, to inactivate Eli and not let him play in the game. He wanted to just bench him as a punt returner, right? But then when you take away what he brings as a punt returner, right, then you start thinking about, well, as a wide receiver in this matchup, would Justin Hunter, with his size, make more sense in this game um, than, than an Eli Rogers? And when you consider the fact that they, they knew they were going to run the ball as often as they were going to, and probably they thought they probably thought they were going to have more red zone opportunities. And so in those cases, maybe you wanted a taller receiver for those red zone opportunities. Um, I think that's probably – I mean, that, Tomlin said, look, it came down to which wide receiver was better for this matchup because I was going to bench him as a punt returner anyway for one game. Um, well, that's what he said, but I, I think it's more of uh, he wanted him to think about it. Critiquing. Go ahead, Joe. I want to hear. I want to hear what you have to say, Joe. Well, I'm going to coin a new phrase here. Critiquing the Chicago loss, it, it doesn't come down to one guy. It was a, it was a team effort. And you know, how we talk about fun fest. You know, we we like when that, those happen. They don't happen very often uh, anymore, um, but they used to happen with kind of regularity. Um, we don't get fun fest, but the Chicago loss was a suck fest. It, <laughs> it was the entire team, every part of the team, every which way you looked, it sucked. And that was a suck fest. And Eli, Eli Rogers was only part of it. He had he had arguably the flashiest suck play of them all. But I don't know. I don't know because the overtime, that, that overtime run, that wasn't even a cutback to my recollection. That was just in your face. You know, blocking and 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 you know, bad positioning on oh, defense. A little bit of holding on that play too. A little hold. Yeah, you know. I, mean, I see what you're saying. You, you could have bench if you're going to bench Eli for the fumble punt. You could have benched six guys for that overtime run. Oh uh, yeah, six and defensive then, players. Maybe said about the refs. The, the refs suck too, but the refs always suck. So what are you going to do? <laughs> True facts. True facts. All right. Uh, all right, so let, let's let's kind of project this out now because we've you know we're we're twenty five percent through the season. We've got we've got four more games on this kind of opening stretch to the bye week. Uh, we had said before the season that we had hoped to come out of that uh, into go or go into the bye week at eight and zero or potentially seven and one. Now, as you look at the schedule, right this week against Jacksonville, our only our second home game of the year, we're in week five. Um, you know. Hopefully the Steelers win that game and it's not Chicago all over again. Uh, but then after that, it's the big one, week six at Kansas City. Kansas City is the only 4-0 football team uh, left in the NFL, and, and they look very, very good this year. Certainly a much improved team from the one we played against uh, against in the playoffs last year. Although, Joe, I, would, I assume you think that they're paper champions because you have a real hatred of the Chiefs. But then after that, we have Cincinnati, who looks terrible this year. And then at Detroit, uh, which is a Sunday night game, that's right before the bye week. That could be an interesting game. Detroit doesn't look good, but they don't look bad. I think there's a lot of teams in the NFL that you can say that about. Um, and D- Detroit kind of is in that mix. They're kind of like us, right? Are they good? Are they bad? Uh, who the hell knows? They're 3-1, and one, though. Uh, so, that's set the table. I want to know from you guys. Mike, I'll, I'll start with you first. The, the projection was 8-0, We can only go 7-1 now. Right, uh, or that's the highest we could go. What What are you thinking? What are you expecting? What are you hoping for from the next four games this year? Um, I don't. I don't see us going four and zero and making it to seven and one. Just the way that they're playing. I think, like I said, they're still building. And I mean, if I went down the stretcher, I'll try to do it quick. I mean, they should be Jacksonville at home, and then at Kansas City. That's going to be tough. But 
Yeah, I'm always down on Kansas City. I don't think they're very good, but I did watch them play last night. I think the Redskins are a good team, and that was a good game last night. And um, they, Kansas City actually impressed me just the way um, Alex Smith was. He was throwing the ball downfield every now and then. And the running back is really good. So their defense is good. I think that's going to be a tough one. So that could be the loss. And then I don't have the schedule in front of me. Who's next? Uh, at Cincinnati. Cincinnati? No, it's home for, Cincinnati, Cincinnati. home for Cincinnati. Yeah. And Cincinnati, someone pointed out that they may not be as bad as we think because they looked terrible against Houston in the first game, right? Mm. Was that right? Yeah, it was Baltimore in the first. They looked terrible against Baltimore in the first game. And they lost to Baltimore, and then they lost to Houston, I think. And then they lost to Houston, and then they lost to Green Bay. So they lost to Green Bay in the third game, and then they beat up Cleveland pretty good. So the point against uh, with Cincinnati that someone made that I tend to agree with is that they lost to Houston, which is maybe end up being a good team with Deshaun Watson coming on, and um, and Green Bay is a good team, and they basically played toe to toe with them for most of the game, and and then they beat Cleveland the way they should have. So you know they, they're not they may not be as bad as we think. But we should still be able to take them at home. And then the last one at Detroit, you know, that's just like kind of going at Chicago. Um, I mean, if we if we play as bad as that, we will lose that game. But Detroit's a good team also. So I think if we went three and one, I think that would be pretty good. I'd be satisfied with six and two at halfway point. Yeah. No, I mean, six and two is not bad. I think at the – what, at, at, at uh, week – that what, it was week eight last year, we were, what, four and four? So, I think we're actually. I mean, I, I would be disappointed if we went two and two. I mean, I could see it happening because at Kansas City and maybe at Detroit. Yeah. But I, I, I'm hoping the team is better than that and they can win at least one of those games. Certainly seems and like that's... seven and two. It certainly seems like, though, like losing two games is probably the floor, right? Hopefully the floor. Unless something catastrophic happens. Well, yeah. Or we just start. Or what you guys are saying about the offense and the defense is, you know, they start, they, they just, they stagnate at this point or start getting worse. I'm not, then I'm they not, will go one and three. Yeah, I mean, I think, I don't want to sound, yeah, I mean, I guess I did sound too pessimistic. I'm not saying I'm pessimistic about either side. I just think, look, we're not going to be the 30 point offense. We're just not, just not. But, and then defensively, you know, I'm just, I kind of take this wait and see approach because I just, you know, it's one of those, I want more, A, I want more information about the secondary. And then B, like, I don't know. They just they. There are times in the game where I feel like, uh oh, uh oh, and I want to stop feeling like that. You know, you want this team because they have so much. Like Joe was saying, they have so much talent. They get to the passer so often. You shouldn't have those letdown drives. Let's see a full sixty-minute game from this defense, and then I think we'll all feel a little more, a little better about where we are. But before we before we get into that, Joe, uh, what are you thinking from these next four games? Well, if I just base it on the last four games, then they're going to go two and two. They'll win two home games. They'll lose the two road games. Um, Detroit's a tough game because, I don't know, Steelers, I know the players change, but the Steelers as a team, they just don't seem to do well in domes on the road, um, on turf. They don't like it. Ever since that coin toss. Like the history. Yeah, the history. Yeah, yeah. Um, We'll see about that. Um, Kansas City, you know, Kansas City's got the revenge factor. We knocked them out of the playoffs at home last year without scoring a touchdown. Um, It was an ugly game. Uh, so they're probably embarrassed by that, um, and uh, so uh, so now this is what's this is what's so disappointing for me as a Steeler fan, you know, because old Steeler fan, old Steeler teams, uh, old Steeler teams are salivating like you you 
if this were if this were if this were another Steeler era, not that long ago, and 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 Kansas City was coming up and they're four and zero right now, we, we would be salivating at that game going. God, I hope they're five and zero when we go there. I hope they're five and zero when the Steelers get there, because because the Steelers are going to demolish them when we get there. Because we're going to prove they're not the five and zero team. Because they're not. They're not. They're not the best team in the league. They have the best record in the league now, but they're not the best team in the league. There's there's probably five or six teams that can knock them off. No problem. Um, and there and there's and there's you know of, of all the playoff teams, when you, if you were to poll all the teams and go, who would you like to have the first round of the playoffs? Kansas City. Um, so yeah, I'm not high on them. Well, I'm not very high on the Steelers either. Sorry, I apologize for all my pessimism. Maybe you want to kick me off your podcast. Longer. No, but uh, it's very disappointing, isn't it? Because you know the team's not built the way it used to be. It's just not built to to go demolish. Somebody on the road. It's just not. Um, and wow. so I don't know what's going to happen there. I don't know. They play like the last four games. We're losing that game, and we're going to lose the one in Detroit, and we'll, and we'll win and win the two home games. Unless Cincinnati gets hot, then you know, then who knows? Then we might get a like, same thing like like happening in uh, Baltimore. We might get a nice lead going, or it's happened so many times. Get a nice lead going, and all of a sudden you're going the second half. You're going what? What the hell happened? Well, what happened is the other team made changes. They adjusted to what we were doing to them. And, and we have no answer. Our coach is just sitting there going, oh, we don't know. We don't know what happened. We don't know what to do now. Um, and, and so, okay. yeah, so how, how do you do? How do, do? You, you just go, you know, I'm going to cross my fingers and hope they get better. I think they will get better. I do. I think they are going to get better. Yeah, I mean, I think I think, I think, think so too. I think this is – we have certainly not seen the best of this team. I don't think offensively or defensively. Now, you know, to your point about are you excited to play the Chiefs, I actually am excited to play the Chiefs a lot. Um, for for two reasons, you know, one, I, I think that that's this is very possibly you know a, a home field advantage type of game, right? If if the Steelers are the team that that you know we think that they can be, and and they are, you know, anywhere near championship caliber, uh, or and, and top of the AFC, and certainly there aren't a lot of teams in the AFC right now that scare you, uh, although the Steelers aren't one of them, but um, you know the. The Chiefs game should be that kind of barometer game, right? This should be the game where we where we find out, okay, you know, defensively, right? Keeps we, you know, it, it keeps getting said like, well, can't judge this defense yet because who the hell knows? They haven't played anybody yet, right? Oh, the secondary might be bad, but you know, you Case Keenum and, and Joe Flacco and all them, you know, they're not going to challenge you. Although I do have to say this about that, right? Because Steeler fans have so for so long have said, oh, our defense makes bad quarterbacks look so good. Now, if there's one thing you can say about this defense so far, right, one good thing, if you only could say one good thing about this defense, at least that hasn't been true, right? That's That has not been. Even in the game where they looked the worst they looked, which was the, against the Bears, Mike Glennon was terrible in that game. Terrible. And could he do He's got a successful history against the Steelers. Right, sure. That's right. That's right. He, he, he beat Tony, against, I'm raising a glass to you right now. You made an excellent point there. Right. I feel better about the defense already. Right. So at least at least that part of it, you know, we can say, okay, like bad bad quarterbacks aren't making us look bad. So, you know, maybe uh, maybe we go up against – and I'm not saying Alex Smith is the cream of the crop, but I think he might be playing, you know, the best football of anyone in the league right now. Um, yeah, so I, I'm excited to go up against that caliber of an offense to say, okay, defense, like let's just see it, right? Because they have Kareem Hunt. They have, they have the best young running back in football. They have an offense that's that's not yeah, it's not high flying, but it's potent. It's certainly potent. 
way more potent than it was when we were up against it uh, in January. And so, you know, let's see it, right? And then their defense is pretty good too. So offense, you know, you got to step your game up. And it's on the road. So all of these demons kind of come up in one game, right? And you say, okay, yeah, let's let's get the real test early on in the season. Because again, if we get blown out by Kansas City, like Mike, like you said, that's okay. Because it's, you know, it's not getting blown out in January. It's getting blown out in October. And getting blown out in October doesn't necessarily matter when it comes time for January, right? You can kind of fix those things like we did last year. So I'm glad we get to play that game. The other games, I don't think the two home games really really bother me that much. I think we, you know, we've played better uh, at home traditionally than we have on the road. And, and these two games against Jacksonville and Cincinnati um, are against lesser opponents. So I'm hoping nothing Chicago esque happens in these games. But my God, I mean, you know, we're going to go the whole season, much like we did last year, where the whole season was like, well, hopefully Philly doesn't happen again. You know, we're just going to keep having that this year. So, well, hopefully, hopefully Chicago doesn't happen again. Um, and then the Detroit game is another good, interesting barometer. I think it's the same kind of barometer game. It's it's Matt Stafford, so it's another quarterback that can kind of press, you know, what we is what is an assumed weakness of this defense, which is the secondary, right? And it and it's again another test where you can say, okay, pass rush, you know, you've you've been able to get to to Deshaun Kaiser and Case Keenum and Joe Flacco, but can you get to you know Matt Stafford, right? Can we make him feel uncomfortable? Uh, can we get turnovers against them? Okay, I, I like that, right? I, I like those matchups. I think that I don't think four zero is out of the question. I don't think four zero is out of the question, especially you know if, if you can do this. And I know it's impossible to do this, but if you if do the mental exercise of just if you say Chicago was just like an aberration, okay, it's just a weird thing happened in Chicago. Can't explain it, but like if you remove the outlier and you just say, okay, now take what you've seen of the other three games, because again, only one of those games at home, so it's not like. The other two games are on the road. So you have some road stuff in there too. And just say, okay, that team, could that team, or could that defense play well against Kansas City? Yeah, I think they could. Could they play well against Detroit? Yeah, I think they could. Look, largely this year we've won games because of our defense, not because of our offense, right? Defensively we've been kept in games, we've gotten turnovers, we've given our offense short fields, um, and we've held teams. You know, we're number two in points scored. That's exactly what you want to be, you know. So... You know, does that extrapolate out? I'm excited to find out. I'm excited to find out. Maybe it doesn't. Maybe this off, or maybe this defense falls apart against Kansas City, falls apart against Detroit. But let's see it, right? Let's see it. And let's see if we can. Let's see if those things are fixable. I think four zero is possible. Joe, I, I think you're right. I think two and two is is just as easily possible, right? And I think you know we're kind of all on this uneasy wait and see. Like you know, hopefully it gets better. I think it will get better. I think offensively. Certainly, it's not going to be as bad as it was weeks one through three. I think they've found something with Le'Veon that they can stick with. And it's not that they found it. They just went back to it, really. Um, but it's a winning formula, right? Run the ball, control the clock, uh, you know, don't turn the ball over. And defensively, you know, don't allow big plays. Um, and you can win football games that way. And I think hopefully things get better throughout that. So I think 4-0 is possible. I think 2-2 two two is possible. I don't know. I guess, Mike, I'll agree with you. 3-1 and one is probably the most realistic. But going into the bye, where does that make us? 6-2? and two? That's not necessarily that. Now, okay, one other thing I want to bring up, and I know this is gonna, this is this is not the way to end the podcast, but uh, we are going a little long. Have you guys done, given any thought this year, uh, just projecting into twenty? Like, if Ben Roethlisberger retires, have you guys given any thought into like who could be the Steelers' quarterback next year? Like, watching, having a maybe a more interest in college football, and just to see, like, oh, you know, everybody talks about Sam Darnold or Josh Rosen, or let's see these young guys in college, or. You know, thinking about other NFL guys who could potentially be Steelers. You guys thought about that at all? You know I have. Who's on your list? 
I told you guys I've known was on the top of my list for I don't know four years now. <laughs> oh, of course we do. Your boy might be at the end of this season. Who is it? Oh, he'll be available at the end of the season for sure. Guy, we're going to be in this week. Portals. We go to Pittsburgh. Portals. Blake. Blake Portals. Blake. I mean Blake Portals. I think he can be good. From my neighbor. But what I like about him, what I liked about him in college, was he he moved and he was successful. Like Ben was successful, he would he had just as much success moving around and under pressure as he had from within the pocket. Yeah, and I I, I like that about him. I think he has a bad rap because he, in the last two or three years he has um, he has bad habits of no discipline and just is willing to throw the ball into anywhere and try to make a play because sometimes he gets away with it and a lot of times he doesn't. And over the last two years he never got yanked because. He was in the growing oh, yeah. stage, and they had, there was no one behind him, and and so now it's like bad habits, and now there's a good team around him, and and those mistakes are costing the team, and everyone's getting down on him for it. And he's got to shake those habits. And- he hasn't, but to his credit, right? Because you know the, the the rap on him, like the, the the defenders of him, and I think Joe might be the last person on Bortles Island, but you know the back when it was a little more populated, right? The the defenders would say, look, that Jacksonville offense just, just doesn't have a lot of talent on it right now. And it certainly doesn't have an offensive line. So, you know, he's out there, you know, without a lot of talent, certainly not a running game to support him in any way. Right. So he kind of is the offense. Who are his great, who are his, who are his good wide receivers? I mean, Allen Robinson's okay. Allen Hearns is okay. But, you know, I mean, who really is he throwing to out there? The, um, and so, yeah, I mean, he didn't have a lot of talent around him. Now he throws far too many interceptions, right? Far too many interceptions. He gets sacked far too often. He, he's uh, he's been sacked fifty times uh, in his career, twice, and he's thrown double-digit interceptions every single year of his career. So you got to cut. He's got to cut that stuff out. Um, but to his credit, this year, right, with Leonard Fournette now, uh, with a, a wide receiving core that's not great. Allen Robinson hurt for the entire year, so now Marquise Lee uh, is in there, and I forget who the other guy is. But but he's thrown seven touchdowns, three interceptions. So it's not terrible this year. His, his interception rate. He's at the lowest of his career, and as it should be, as you as you start to surround him with talent, that's what you want to see. So I'm not saying he's going to be a great quarterback, but certainly he is. That that argument of put it, put talent on there and he'll be better, that certainly has been the case so far. But Blake Bortles, I think, I think he's going to be a great quarterback somewhere, just not in Jackson. Maybe not in Jacksonville. Well, certainly they're probably. I mean, this is his last year; they'll give up on him. That's perfect because we could pick him up then in the off season. Absolutely, he's absolutely. Up. Probably get him cheap because everybody's down on him right now. Mike, yeah. As for the Steelers, I think that um, you know there, there's so many guys that come out of college now that that have potential. I mean, even in this last draft, there's what three, four, maybe five guys, and we're seeing two or three of them right yeah. now. Yeah. And uh, so I, I I just say take a shot. I mean, I've heard. Um, who says it? I think it's Stugatz on ESPN Radio for the Jets. He says I'd, he'd pick a quarterback every year until they until one sticks. You know, when you don't have a quarterback, it's a it's a have and have not league. So, you know, when Ben retires, or if you want to try to grab one before he retires to start grooming him, yeah, I say do it and uh, and and you try to groom him. But if it doesn't work out, I mean that's the that's the problem is uh, is if he how much time do you put into him? To allow him to to grow before you give up on him, right? And if you let if you try to let a guy grow for three or four years and then you got to start over again, 
that just kills your franchise when you got you know you might have a great young you know just like Cleveland. I mean Joe Thomas's whole career they've been waiting for a quarterback. Right. Well, I think Cleveland is a great Cleveland's a great example there because you know they drafted Sean Kaiser last year, right? And he looks eh. And they're and, and now they're project. I mean, look, they look terrible. They're zero and four, so they're pro- very likely to have the number one pick again, right? Do they pass? So last year they passed on Deshaun Watson. Two years ago they passed on Carson Wentz, right? These are quarterbacks, and they passed on Jared Goff. I mean, these are quarterbacks that are having success now, right? I mean, you know, different levels of success, but certainly they're far better than Deshaun Kaiser is right now. So if you're the Cleveland Browns and you have the number one pick, do you take another quarterback again? Because you know Deshaun Kaiser is he? Your guy, are you going to pass on, especially with the, you know, they call this the year of the quarterback with all these young guys in college who look so good. Um, be interesting to see what they do. Interesting to see what they do. Now, for the Steelers, here's here's why I bring this up. So for the Steelers, right, we, we assume we're not going to have a top 10 pick this year. Right? I mean, I think I think even at the worst case, you know, there's no way this team's going to go like 5-11, and 11, right? I think worst case scenario, we go like 9-7 and seven or 10-6 and six and, and early exit from the playoffs or earlier exit from the playoffs. Than last year, so we're probably not going to have our chance at like a Sam Darnold or, or a Josh Rosen or a Baker Mayfield or some of these guys that are going to get taken higher in the draft, unless we want to kind of trade away future draft picks in order to move up. So I've been looking at guys in the NFL who like who could potentially be the Steelers' quarterback, and you know, short term, right? The Steelers are going to have Le'Veon probably again next year for on a one year deal. They have AB locked up. They locked up Tewitt and Hayward. They have Dupree, Watt. Right? They, I mean, the, the, uh, largely the nucleus of this team is not going to go anywhere next year because we don't have a lot of big free agents coming up, right? So this team is going to exist, and you probably are going to take Ben Roethlisberger off because he retires. So what quarterbacks out there make sense to put on a team if you want to just continue being a Super Bowl contender? I've been thinking about this a lot this year because, you know, it's just one of those things that, you know, I, I like to project out. So you look at quarterbacks who are likely to be free agents in twenty seven or 2018. Certainly, Blake Bortles is one of them. But I think if you look at the team we play the very week after that, who also drafted a quarterback this year and are probably not going to stick with with this guy for much longer after this year because they're going to want to go with their rookie, you look at Alex Smith and you go, oh, yeah, Alex Smith makes a lot of sense to put on the Steelers. And he probably – Yeah, right? Does it not? What are you going to do with Martavis Bryant? Uh, He's throwing the ball better deep. He's throwing the ball deep. This year, better. You know, it's not, it's not like he's... You were Alex Smith... I don't know. When Alex Smith was a rookie, you were his biggest critic. I know. Like I know. He is playing better now. I, I mean, do you were admit like he's playing better now. You were psychotic against <laughs> I, him. <laughs> I so, knew you were so going to get this reaction. But if I, Kansas I, City's going to go with their young quarterback and let their veteran go, do you think the New England Patriots are going to do the same thing? And you're a veteran, <laughs> maybe a free agent. Oh, listen, it could be a lot worse than Alex <laughs> Smith, guys. Okay, because look at our own division at a team that's very likely going to bail on their quarterback after. Okay, because you know the Red Rocket behind in black and gold would be absolutely disgusting. No one wants Andy <laughs> Dalton at quarterback for the Pittsburgh Steelers. But there's another guy where you go, oh yeah, I guess, I guess Andy Dalton will be looking for a team next year. They're not good fits. What you're talking about, so Alex Smith is not the right quarterback. And you know if they if they shit can him after he's having such a good season again uh, for some unknown rookie, I mean this is exactly how he got run out of San Francisco. Yeah. Out of San Francisco, it's the same thing. Yeah. Who'd that happen to? Was that David Craig or someone like that? Or no, it wasn't David Craig. It was um... in Seattle. You mean Seattle? He played. He everywhere he played, the young guy 
took over his job. That was um, he played for a long time too, and he played for Kansas guy? City. Oh, I'll think of it. Yeah, but I mean, you look at you look at other. I mean, there's other guys, right? So you know, you could you could potentially see someone like a Carson Palmer. You know, like and that would be like the tail, tail, tail end of his career where he comes Carson. over. No, yeah, I mean, well, I know. Joe, I'm not. I'm not saying that I want these guys. I'm just saying, like, if you look around the league at what's going to happen, the Steelers are not going to go. And I don't think they're going to go and get a rookie and start him, right? Because we're a Super Bowl contender. We have to go out and get a veteran who could potentially win so, us a Super Bowl. I think Blake Bortles. I think he's going to be available in the off season, and I don't mean he's going to come and take over for Ben. I mean he comes in as the number two. He's the backup. Well, Tony's saying Ben retires. No, I'm saying Ben retires. I think Ben retires. If, if Ben doesn't retire. We don't need it. We don't need, you know, then we could draft someone and groom him. Now, what about Joshua Dobbs? Josh Dobbs. I mean, he's a long-term project, right? He didn't look good in the preseason. <laughs> I think he's Roger. a project. I don't think he's bad. I don't think he's bad. I think he could be okay. But yeah, uh, he was. He looked bad. He can't start next year. I mean, I mean, Land- I, I pay, I'd have to go with Landry. Yeah, he, uh, he said Dobbs or Landry. I'd say Landry without hesitation. How about this? How about how about Tony Romo out of retirement? Yeah, that, this was the year to get Tony Romo out of retirement. Next year is maybe too late. Although maybe a year to rest his body. Yeah, you know, I guess. Yeah. Uh, is Joe Flacco out of a job after this year? Maybe. Joe Flacco. <laughs> I don't want Joe Flacco. Now he fits the offense. You guys keep throwing on guys who go deep and oh yes, yes. Joe Flacco fits the offense in that. Uh, I'm trying to think of anyone else. I mean Andrew Luck, but he's not. Yeah, I mean that's it. I, I would take Andrew Locke, definitely. I mean, I guess Philip Rivers and Eli Manning may be looking for jobs, but probably not. Yeah, Philip yeah. Rivers would be a good fit. Quarterback um, Luck's replacement is doing pretty good. Yeah, Brissett, he doesn't look bad. I don't think the Colts are going to get rid of Luck, no matter how good this guy does. Um, so this guy, if he actually is good, might, he, he's going to go somewhere. Yeah. I don't know if see. I just don't know if the Steelers are going to take a project after this, right? Like Blake, like just take the Blake Bortles thing, right? I think Blake Bortles is the most reasonable of the the, the projects that the Steelers could potentially acquire, right? You're looking at guys who you're trying to like revive their career. Uh, I think he needs to under Ben, and he needs the luxury of coming off the bench in relief, and not the pressure of a starter right off the bat in a championship-caliber team, in a city like Pittsburgh. I mean, it's just a lot to ask of a guy. you know. So, but it, but, it, but if, you, if he can come off the bench, Ben goes down, you're like, oh, my goodness. Then he comes in, you've already got this. Okay, I've lowered my expectations. This is not the starter. This is, this is the – just, just help us not lose, okay? And you come in, he's got the talent. He's got the talent to be great. Um, and, and, and if he comes in and he gets a fresh start like that, I think he I think he's going to be great. He's going to be great in the right place. Wait, hold Jackson, on. Are, are you saying Ben doesn't retire? Is Are we? Are you both saying Ben does not retire after this year? I don't think Ben's going to retire after this year. I don't think so. I think it's two more years. Like I said, he's going back-to-back. This season, wanna, next season, <laughs> and retire. Bill Mike's back-to-back. Hey, I want to yeah. get something in Just on like that John Elway. About all the bad quarterbacks or all the quarterbacks that Cleveland passed on that went elsewhere and are having success. I, I think – I'm going to say this. You take any one of those quarterbacks and – I'm going to agree on, with you. They're <laughs> not having – I don't think the problem is the quarterback. I think yeah. the problem is Cleveland. Deshaun well, Watson on Cleveland? Yeah. Maybe not as good. Well, Deshaun Watson is the one where I go, eh, maybe you put Deshaun Watson anywhere and he's good because he looks real good. Like Deshaun yeah. Watson is like, oh, shit, the next great quarterback. 
Whereas the other guys, ah, you know, do I believe in Jared Goff? I mean, Jared Goff, okay right now. Let's actually, let's talk about, let's end the podcast on this. We don't want to end the podcast on is Ben going to retire or not. Let's talk about this. Um, can I say one thing before you do? Yeah, yeah. Because I've said, said so many nasty things about my Steelers. Yeah. Because I'm just in a, I'm in a, a ornery mood uh, after that Chicago thing. And then, and then the, the, the Ravens is a nice thing to win there. And, it, and so now it's like, you kind of like expected to lose the Ravens game on the road because we always did. Um, and then we won it. And you have to settle for three and one because why? Because a loss to the Bears instead of four and all. It's like, it's kind of, kind of sticking in my craw. Mm-hmm. But um, so after all the all the not so nice things that I've said about the Steelers, and I think they're all true. I think they're I think they're justified. I don't think I'm I'm, I'm off the rails on it. But um, since the since the media darling uh, New England Patriots have fallen on hard times, <laughs> they are no longer the favorite to win the Super Bowl in Vegas. Did you know that? I did know that. You know who is the the, the favorite? I believe we are. Odds, yeah, this is betting money. This is people putting money up. Um, yeah, the money, the most money is going on the Steelers. Um, and that's, that's both sides of the league. <laughs> there you go. I like the cuckoo they, clock. Uh, cuckoo, cuckoo. Yeah. <laughs> that was good timing. That was good timing. <laughs> because if any of those people put their money down listen to this podcast, they're going to want a refund. <laughs> Perfect timing. Love that. All right, well, and you know, but you know why that is, right? It's because okay, let's go over. Just give me your top five teams in the NFL right now. You had to go. If you had to give me top five teams in the foot in the National Football League right now, who would they be? The best five teams. In- mm, that's, let me think. I'm thinking. Man, I was really high on Atlanta Denver. until last week. Uh, uh, Denver. I I might put Denver in the top five, but I might put them five. I'm gonna keep thinking here. Okay. Well, I, I mean, Kansas you? City has to be in there because they're four and zero. I'd say. Okay. Denver maybe. Um, Green yes. Bay. What's Green Bay's record? Are they three, three and one. one. They're three and one. All right, I'll put Green Bay in. Who am I missing? Green Bay lost to Atlanta. It looked great in that. Game. Remember, Green Bay beat Cincinnati by three at home. Oh, Cincinnati might be that better than we think. Like you want to think they're good, but they're weaker than they've been. Green Bay. Well, they, Green Bay's got injuries too. Okay, so is Atlanta in the top five? Man, I'll, t- I'll tell you what, man. It, the, all these teams that look strong, they have injuries and stuff. Like Minnesota looked good in the first couple weeks, and then they lost a quarterback. Now they lost a running back. Yeah. And um, you know, Dallas is not living up to their potential. I'll tell all you right. who looks good. I, I put Washington in there. I think Washington looks good. Yeah, I mean they're two and two though. That's that's the thing. All right, let's just go through all the three and one teams. You tell me if they're good or not. We'll start right at the top. Three and one? Three and one teams. Okay. All the three and one teams. Buffalo Bills, are they good or not? I think they're good. I don't think they're top five yet. They need to. They need one more game to prove it to me. Who do they have next week? Do we know? Buffalo plays Cincinnati. Are they, are they at home? Uh, it's in Cincinnati. Okay, if they win that game, it doesn't even have to be impressive. I, I mean, that's another step in the right direction. Any road win. Take yeah. road. The Bills' last two wins are over the Broncos and the Falcons. Ah, uh, that's impressive. Okay, Bills, they might have to be top five. Okay, let's keep going with three and ones. All right, uh, the Steelers. We 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 we're, who the hell knows? Uh, the Chiefs. They're, so they're four zero. Are they good? <laughs> I, I mean, I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt right now. Okay. No, I assume yeah. you're no. 
Yeah, and I'll tell you why, because I, like I said, I think Washington's a good team because the way they beat up the Raiders last week, because I thought the Raiders were good, and then Washington just kicked the crap out of them. And, um, and the Chiefs handled the Redskins, and the Redskins played well. Yeah. Okay. So Denver, are they good? I think they're good. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I think they're borderline in the top five. And it's only because the quarterback, I think that, I mean, he needs to continue to improve. Yeah. Billy? Are they three and one? They're three and one. They're a sneaky three they're, and one. Three, their three wins are over the Redskins, over the Giants, over the Chargers. They lost to the Chiefs. I, I think that's a pretty good record and everything. I, I just, I have not seen them play very much for whatever reason. So I, it's hard for me to comment on them. Joe, have you seen the Eagles at all? Or do they look good to you? Are they a good team? I don't really know. I haven't seen enough of them. Okay. Detroit, 3-1. and one. Their three wins. Uh, their only loss, actually, is to Atlanta on that uh, the crazy runoff play. 10-second yes. runoff play. But they beat the Cardinals, Gets Giants, screwed. and Vikings. So maybe not the who's who. That team. Very good? Yeah. Uh, I'd say they're good. Once again, I'm not sure about the top five. But they're right on the cusp. I'd say, I guess I'd say top eight. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I always think they're good, and then they're not. Yeah. So, that's the thing about them. I Green, did, what about Green yeah, Bay? I, I think they're going to be there. Yeah, but they're going to struggle they're, for whatever reason. They got they're offensive struggling. line problems. Yeah, they did, they still have a lot of weapons. I mean, between Jordy Nelson, Adams, and Cobb. And they have a tight – who's their tight end? Uh, is it Bennett? Martellus Bennett, yeah. Although yeah. he hasn't actually I mean, played just, that well this year. Yeah. I mean, they're just, they're just full of weapons and their defense is decent. Yeah. Okay. What about Carolina Panthers? They just beat the New England Patriots. If they keep playing the way they played the last game, that's a yes. And – and I don't know if how much of that is the Patriots' bad defense or Cam turning it around and being healthy. So jury's out, but I, I'd put them in the top ten. Yeah, Their wins are over the Niners, Bills, and Patriots. They lost to the Saints by 20 at home. Niners, Bills, and Patriots. So that's the Bills' only loss? That's the them? Bills' only losses to the, or to yeah, the Panthers. 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 Joe, so. so what do you think? Panthers, good or bad? Good, yeah. Falcons, 3-1? and one? They're probably good, right? Their only yeah. loss is to the Bills this week. Who did they beat in the second game? It was like a Monday night. They played the, they, their schedule so far has been the entire AFC North and the Bills. So they beat the Bears, Packers, and Lions. Oh, no, it's not the entire North. The Bears, Packers, Lions, and then they lost to the Bills. So the NFC North. NFC North, sorry. Getting all my facts wrong today. Maybe it was the Lions they played. I mean, they, they looked really good. I think it was that game. Both, both teams... And that game, their defenses. I mean, because both those teams have good offenses. Yeah. And they could hardly do anything. Yeah. What about the Tampa Bay Bucks, who are two and one? All right, there you go. I think that's a team on the rise. You think so? Yeah. I don't know about I don't know about top five. I mean, everyone gives them so much crap for losing to the Vikings. I mean, that's a division team on the road, and the quarterback Case Keenan played a great game. And you know, I, 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 the Bucks they used to be in the division. Yeah, they're not in the oh, that's right. anymore. Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You're right. I don't know what I was thinking. So but, anyway. Um, well, because they used to be. Yeah. Yeah. They were in the but, NFC, uh, NFC Central. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The old NFC Central. No, I wasn't really thinking that. I don't know what I was thinking. But anyway, uh, I, I mean, they looked good in the last game. I, you know what? I mean, if they come out and they hand it to the Patriots or at least beat them this Thursday night, 
Then I, I put the Bucks in the top ten or top eight if they beat the Patriots. A lot of teams in the top eight. No one in the top five though. <laughs> I, I know. I can't. I know that's true. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, what about the L.A. Rams? Are they three and one? Yeah, can you believe this? I should check the standings oh, every good. now and then. Oh, they're looking good. They got a good running game with that girly guy. Yeah, and they're they're not and they and their defense is pretty good too. They they're averaging what? now. You want to hear something funny? They're that averaging is... thirty points a game. Whoa! And they I mean they have a good defense, strong defense, defensive line, and everything, right? Well, here's the and thing: so, their, their defense has given up thirty nine and thirty in the last two weeks. I mean, I agree with you. I think their defense is good, but weird stuff the last. What's the who did they give 39 up against? 49ers. And they still won the game? They won 41 to 39. I don't remember that game. It was a Thursday night game. That's a division game. That's a division game. I think game. I missed that game. Yeah. 49ers are not so, that good. That's kind of a fluke. That one you chalk up to the division. How in the heck did they score 39? <laughs> so, um, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I think I was working that night or something. Oh, so, give up all those points? There's no way. That would be some special teams. So, uh, how is their quarterback? Goff, he's good. He looks good. I mean, has he got, like, good stats and everything? 1,000 he yards passing. A lot? He's got 1,000 yards passing. Got uh, seven touchdowns. I don't think he's thrown many interceptions either. And who's the, who are their But I'm going to take this moment. Oops, ESPN playing. Uh, so far this year, he's got seven touchdowns, one interception. Oh, that is good. And who, who is their top wide receivers? Uh, Sammy Watkins, who's not any good. Yeah. Uh, and then their other good receiver is actually their leader in receiving yards is Todd Gurley. Yeah, God, I mean, they're like the, the offense that we want to be. Oh, I was trying to think is Todd Gurley their whole team right now, and it sounds like he is. Yes. But okay, they're definitely top eight. They might be top five. The Rams are top. That's it. That's all three. That's all the three <laughs> one teams. That's it. The teams we left out. The teams that. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Joe. I was gonna say you can't get past the first round of the playoffs. If you want, you can you can you can win the first playoff game, but you can't advance beyond the first round um, without what? Without with a one-dimensional offense. Yeah. Yep. Well, you can beat a lot of teams that way, but when you right. get into the best teams in a the league, they can stop a one-dimensional offense. It's going to happen. So they can't if they can't develop other ways to generate offensive points. They're just going to ride Gurley. They're going to ride him right in the playoffs. I think they'll get there. Uh, and they might even win one playoff game, but they will not advance beyond that. So, so if I was doing the rankings, like my power rankings, right. my first, my my list of eight would be all tied for first. <laughs> eight teams well, tied for first. I think here's here's why here's why everyone's having struggling putting together a top five is because teams that you want to put in the top five: the Patriots, the Raiders, the Cowboys, the Seahawks. Right, the teams that we all assumed coming into the year were going to be the cream of the crop. Are all two and two. They're, They're all, all two, two and two. two. So when we talk about the Steelers, it's a good way to end it. This is when we talk about the Steelers having these problems of like, you know, are we actually good? Are we not good? Right? I, a lot of teams are having this problem right now. The, the the who's who of good teams in the NFL aren't a who's who. It's like, is Buffalo good? I don't know. Is Philly good? I don't know. Is Detroit good? I don't know. Is Carolina good? I don't know. Is LA Rams good? I don't know. All these teams are three and one. Right? So we're having these problems. Everybody's having these problems. It's a weird year in the NFL. There are really no like great teams yet, or no one's emerged as the great team, unless you consider Kansas City. But I think we're all same page there. Um, so yeah, I think you know. I think in that way, 
we're kind of okay, right? Yes, yes. We are hanging in there, and uh, it'll be interesting to see at midseason There's nothing how many wrong teams are in the top eight. <laughs> right? There's nothing wrong with three and one, especially when, when we've had uh, well, we had we've had three road games. Yeah, three road games. Um, wait a second, guys. What, just go back and listen to this for about an hour. And there, you could, I think there's a lot of wrong with three oh, and <laughs> based on what you guys said. The problem is, the problem is, Problem is losing to Chicago. Right, that's the problem. Problem, yeah. I know, but that happens in problem. seasons. You can't no, no, go but Think about this. Let, think that about how you can lose any game, anytime, inexplicably. Yeah, right. and that's the well, and, and that, that's the problem with. I mean, that's the wrap on Tomlin, right? He's had playing down to the competition for whatever that's reason. Career, yeah, 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 yeah. And it's gonna. It's it, until we stop having games like Chicago. It's gonna continue being the story. <laughs> But I would like to see the cower game that Joe's pointing out. You know, Chiefs are five and zero at home, right? And uh, we come in there. Yeah, I mean, the just, tale of two coaches, right? One guy's yeah. style was, you know, I I can't get past the AFC Championship. I can get there every year, and, yeah. and God help you if you're undefeated in the regular season. I'll, I'll, you know, I'll fry your ass. But uh, you know, but I can't get to the Super Bowl. Um, the other guy, this guy, you know, it's like okay, I build these great teams. And you know, I can win big games, but uh, yeah, it's the, it's the stupid ones. I can't, get, I can't get my team motivated to go destroy somebody, you know, like Howard did to the Bills and the Saints, and yeah. you know, just so many teams in the regular season in the, oh, the playoff game at home with top seed destroyed by the Bills 24 3. Yeah, so. yeah, or playing down to the San Diego Chargers. Everybody yep. has, everybody has their um. Weakness. Yeah, yeah, and 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 every team in the National Football League has their weakness, including the Steelers. And and you know, offensively, right now we're struggling. Defensively, you know, we're 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 a little better than struggling, but uh, there's a lot of work to be done all around. So uh, it'll be this these next four weeks will be interesting. And I think very telling because whereas in these first four weeks, you know, there hasn't we haven't been able to read a lot into the opponents we've playing. We've been playing now. We're going to face Kansas City. We're going to face Detroit. Uh, we're going to get to see what this team really is made of. So uh, I'm excited for those four games. That is going to do it for Steeler Country this week. Thank you all for listening. If you want to leave feedback, SteelerCountry at gmail.com is the email address. The website is SteelerCountryPodcast.com. You can follow me on Twitter. I like the live uh, live tweet uh, each of the games. That's at SteelerCountry on Twitter. Talk to you next week.